1: This is Sportsbeat AM featuring a conversation with Blue and Gold Illustrated Notre Dame football beat reporter, Tyler Horka. Great to have Tyler back on Sportsbeat AM on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Tyler, good to be with you. How are you today?
0: I'm great, Darren. Uh, it's a Wednesday, not a Monday, but let's do it.
1: Let's do it. Absolutely. Notre Dame football news, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com has had stories up about Al Golden when he was a candidate to be Notre Dame defensive coordinator, and now with your reporting, you guys can confirm that Golden will be the defensive coordinator and linebacker coach for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. First off, just add some thoughts on this particular hire and what it means to this Notre Dame defense going forward.
0: Yeah, first things first, it's just nice to have a defensive coordinator in place with spring practices starting in about a month. Um, it, it was always going to happen to where a guy would be in place by then. But I mean, a couple months there, that, that's a long time where Marcus Freeman is hired you know, well over two months ago now. And uh, the players in that building, the recruits that just came in as early enrollees, they didn't know who their defensive coordinator would be. But like us, I think a lot of them kind of obviously knew that this was trending toward Al Golden as soon as uh, the NFL playoffs kept going by and Notre Dame still hadn't named someone or, or these reports, like you said, hadn't come out. But, um, you know, to nobody's surprise, uh, the Bengals play in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Monday is kind of a debrief day. And then Tuesday these reports start coming out. So it happened the way I think everybody thought it would happen once Al Golden's name was out there. So it's important to have him in place. And like you said, this is a guy that, you know, just coached in the Super Bowl. So he's got that experience. Uh, You know, the past half dozen years were spent in the NFL. And I think a bunch of recruits that are coming into college, that's always the, the main goal is to get there. So he has seen what players at that level uh, need to do to get there which is very important and then you know he's got all that college experience as well not just as the head coach at temple in miami but you know as an assistant at virginia uh, he was a grad assistant at virginia before he was the defensive coordinator there so he's got a bunch of college experience he's got a bunch of nfl experience and heck he even has some high school experience mm-hmm. as an offensive coordinator at his alma mater in new jersey and he's in the jersey Shore. Sports Hall of Fame, too. So he could sell all three levels to recruits, which is very important.
1: So, Tyler, you look at the offensive coaching staff. You've got Reese, McCullough, Stuckey, Parker, and Heastan on the defensive side. Golden, Washington, Mickens, O'Leary with Mason as special teams coach. I think any fan base, they love rankings, they love grades, and I'm not sure how you evaluate this particular staff and if you use a grade or whatever, but how do you think Marcus Freeman has handled all of the changes that have taken place to his staff and the group he's now assembled for 2022?
0: Yeah, I'm going to hold off on a grade until, you know, we see what these guys can do uh, throughout the course of the season. So maybe if we're having this conversation in about 10 months, I could definitely assign a grade, but uh, we even had on our blue and gold.com message board. We, I think Mike Singer our recruiting analysts put up a, a thread that asked the same question, what What grade would you give? And I think most of our users at Blue and Gold were in the uh, A- minus or, or right about an A. I don't think they're willing to give it an A-plus yet for the reason I just mentioned. Let's see what these guys can do uh, in-game and, and throughout a season, but I think – Bringing Harry stand back as soon as uh, Marcus Freeman did w- was huge. He's obviously a guy that resonates with uh, you know, past Notre Dame offensive linemen, and talking to guys like Billy Shrouth and Joey Tonona, he also resonates with the future of the Notre Dame offensive line. So that was huge. Um, you know, I've got a story coming out on Chancey Stuckey in the next coming coming in the coming days. If not, then it'll be out next week. And i talked to some people that he's worked with in the past, and he's worked with some pretty good ones, uh, you know, Dabo Sweeney and, and everyone that he's worked with in, in the past couple of years. So everyone thinks that he is a, a rising star in this profession, and that could very well be true. So I think the offensive coaching staff is awesome. You know, you mentioned Stuckey and Easton. Obviously, Tommy Reese is still around as the O.C., and then on the other side of the ball, we just talked about Al Golden and all of his experience as defensive coordinator. You retain a couple assistants there in Mickens and O'Leary. And, um, you know, I think this defensive coaching staff, uh, Al Washington might be the guy to keep an eye on there because I think, um, you know, Ohio State didn't have the best defense this past season, but, man, Al Washington can recruit. So if he gets the guys in, then uh, this Notre Dame defensive line has been one of the best uh you know, position groups that this team has had in the last five years and has been a major part of this run. So, overall, uh, I'm not going to assign a grade right now, but this thing could very well be, like I said, in that A range when we're talking this time next year.
1: We're talking Notre Dame football on Sportsbeat AM with Tyler Horka, the beat reporter for Notre Dame football at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. It might be easier to figure out the – recruiting style or how good of recruiters this group is i think on last year's staff most people would say there might have been one weak link at least on the coaching staff in terms of recruiting based on their past experiences tyler would you say this is a well above average coaching staff from a recruiting standpoint
0: i would probably say so and a lot of that goes back to just the diversity in the staff. And then um, I haven't tabulated what the average age of these guys is, but it's, it's not too old. And, you know, Al Golden is, I think he's 52 and we're talking about him being, man, that's, that's pretty old. Well, that's pretty old just relative <laughs> to the rest of this staff because you've got guys like Tommy Reese. Uh, has he had his 30th birthday yet? I'm not sure i have to look that up too, but he's somewhere around there. And, you know, Chancey Stuckey is somewhere around 40, which, you know, this guy is less than 10 years removed from playing in the NFL. And he had a pretty good NFL career staying in there for five years. So I think that works in recruiting because, again, you're trying to sell to these guys uh, what you've seen, what you've done, what you know you can get out of uh, these future recruits and getting them to those places. So Stuckey can sell that. Tommy Reese could sell what he did. At Notre Dame, Al Golden, like we just said, coached in a Super Bowl a couple of days ago. I think that really resonates with the crews because that's what they want to get. That's the pinnacle of this sport. A guy like Al Golden can get them there. And then obviously Marcus Freeman. I think everything's going to trickle down from him because – you know, we talked to him in December after that early signing period kind of wrapped up. And he said, I want to be the lead recruiter in every guy that we get. So if that's going to be the case, we know what Marcus Freeman is. Uh, I think he's 36 now, if we're going to go to that, back to that age thing. Uh, he's a pretty young guy. He walks into uh, these recruits' living rooms with a lot of charisma. And then he's bringing guys like, uh, you know, I mentioned Al Washington. He, he just came from Ohio State. He was huge in landing and landing Lorenzo Styles' brother, Sonny Styles at Ohio State. And I know that's kind of a legacy thing, but he also uh, landed another five-star linebacker at Ohio State too. So he, he left that cupboard pretty well stocked over there for uh, the new defensive coordinator and all of his assistants. But I think he's going to do the same exact thing at Notre Dame in bringing those type of guys to South Bend. So from a recruiting standpoint, absolutely, this staff is pretty elite.
1: Tyler, I hope you don't write Al Golden is old at 52. If you do, I'm just going to go home, lay in bed, and throw my blankets over my head and just feel awful oh. about myself because I don't want to f- sound like I'm old yet because I'm pretty close to his age. <laughs> hey, hey, Tyler, we haven't had the chance to talk since tight end George Tackus decided – To enter the transfer portal, the number two tight end for the Fighting Irish last year behind Michael Mayer. Two-part question. Number one, your thoughts on him departing, what that means for the Irish offense. And part two is, who do you think benefits the most from Takis departing?
0: Yeah, part one. I thought this was going to happen immediately after that Fiesta Bowl, just based on the way last season went, Michael Mayer still being around for his junior season. I mean, George Takis played over 400 offensive snaps and only had four targets, three of those of which he caught. And I think one of those targets was a throwaway, and they just said, okay, uh, Takis was in the area. <laughs> He's a target. So this makes sense for George Takis, first of all, to try to go somewhere, finish, finish his college career where – You know, he can get some catches. He can get some looks. He can get some tape down of him actually, you know, catching the ball. That said, he was a very useful tight end for Notre Dame. Like I said, played over 400 snaps. That means he was run blocking a lot. That means he was out there. You know, if Notre Dame was in 12 personnel last year or any set that had two tight ends, it was Michael Mayer and it was George Takis. So it's a big loss. And the second part of your question, uh, I think it's going to be kind of a rotation and it's going to be circumstantial based on what Notre Dame is trying to do. If it's, if it's run blocking, you're going to look at some of the, some of the bigger guys that Notre Dame might have. Uh, but I think kind of all those guys, what's interesting to me is they're all kind of similar to me. Kevin Bauman uh, is a really good receiving threat. I think Mitchell Evans is also a really good receiving threat. Uh, but if you're, if you're run blocking, I'd probably go Evans if you're, if you're trying to throw the ball a little bit. Uh, Kevin Bauman really impressed us in uh, fall camp last last uh, fall and some of the things that he did as a pass catching threat, but then he goes down uh, early in the season. It might have even been that season opener against Florida State when he got injured, uh, injured his foot and then that you know kind of derailed the rest of his season. So if you're looking at guys, those are definitely the first two. I think Kane Barong, who also got injured, he's coming off an ACL injury. it'll see it'll be interesting to see where he's at. But uh, those two freshmen, obviously, Eli Raritan also tore his ACL. I I would expect him to redshirt and possibly not even play at all. But, you know, Holden stays. Another freshman could come in and and get some reps. So I kind of see that as a a tight end by committee in the number two spot. But it helps when your number one spot is a guy like Michael Mayer.
1: Tyler, you cover the Irish women's basketball team. They had a rough game at Louisville on Sunday. They have to play Louisville again coming up. But – Honestly, a huge game Thursday night. They take on Georgia Tech. This could decide the final double-bye in the ACC tournament. Knowing you got to play Louisville coming up, Tyler, it feels like they've got to beat Georgia Tech to have a chance for that double-bye. What is your sense of the direction of this Irish women's basketball team as we head toward March?
0: Yeah, I think this team is just a couple games away from really being talked about as a, a really good player a threat in the NCAA tournament. It's, it's just a, a bit of a shame that the, the poor taste is in the mouth after, you know, almost a 30-point loss to Louisville on Sunday. And then um, because a week and a half before that, two weeks before that, Notre Dame beat another number three team in the country in NC State. And NC State has played really well since then. Uh, that's still the only loss in conference play for the Wolfpack, so when I say a couple wins away from really being a threat, uh, maybe in the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, it's those you know, two-point losses at Duke and, and uh, Boston College that really make your head scratch, and then there's a five-point loss on the road at Florida State. Those three games right there, uh, even if two of them go Notre Dame's way, and I really think Duke and Boston College really could have went Notre Dame's way, you no, we're talking about a, a totally different perception right now, because like you say, then you're pretty firmly in that double-buy uh, range. But now you're having to go on the road, a place that hasn't been too friendly for the Fighting Irish, at a place like Georgia Tech, where uh, Georgia Tech has hung with all of these great teams in the ACC that we've said, and they've kind of taken care of business with most of those others. So it's a huge game, like you said. Uh, Notre Dame really needs this one. Uh, but then, you know, you finish the year at Louisville and we've seen Notre Dame beat a top five team at home this year. So th- there's a world in which we live where they could get both of those. There's a world in which we live, they could lose both of those. So that's kind of where Notre Dame is right now. Um, you, you, we don't really know what the, the full potential is, but uh, I think the ceiling is pretty high for Neil Ivys group.
1: And they're pretty banged up too. a lot of injuries coming down the stretch for Coach Ivy's team. Tyler, you write for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. What's happening right now in the magazine and on the website?
0: Yeah, we just put out a 100-page recruiting magazine, so we've got recruits on all 21 and even uh, all 21 of the the signees in the class of 2022 and then even some uh, features on those transfers like Brandon Joseph, Blake Group, so – a lot of stuff in that magazine. You can find uh, a link to get to that magazine through BlueAndGold.com, and then uh, just in terms of web website content, uh, Marcus Freeman has a press conference today, and all of his assistants should be speaking to us as well. So uh, we're going to have tons of stories, probably over a dozen stories on that through uh, you know now through the weekend. So a lot of stuff going on at BlueAndGold.com. It's going to be that way all year. You can still sign up for one dollar I'm calling it the the deal of the year uh there's not a lot of places where it only costs one dollar to get all the content that we're drinking out across all sports baseball starts this weekend hockey is in the stretch run and and we'll have articles on those things as well so if you're a Notre Dame fan blueandgold.com that's the place to be
1: you ready for a bonus question Sure. All right. You're a Texas guy, so I'm curious your answer to this question. It was announced this morning that Garth Brooks is coming back to Notre Dame <laughs> Stadium in May. So if you had the chance to be given one ticket for one of the big concerts at the stadium this year, Garth Brooks or Billy Joel, which direction do you go?
0: Oh, Billy Joel is such a legend. So, But you preface it with the Texas thing. <laughs> I think – and don't hate me uh, – those of you listening who aren't too fond of Brian Kelly anymore and uh, his calling Baton Rouge <laughs> dancing, but I'm being that I'm from Texas and I have those roots. I think I'm going Garth Brooks. I was actually looking at the uh, date and it's February 25th for ticket release, yeah. so I might have to be on my uh, might have to be on my laptop early that morning.
1: There you go. Tyler Horka, beat reporter, Notre Dame football, for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He's going to join us now every Wednesday during the offseason. Good to catch up with you. We'll talk to you soon.
0: All right, Darren. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much. Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated.